Amen, amen. Wonderful. Well, it's a great joy to have LT Smooth with us. We, we just met him. We have some friends in common, but what a joy it was to be ministered to through the marvelous gifting and anointing of my precious brother. Would you please put your hands together for LT Smooth? Every time I take the stage, I just got back from 71,000 people concert with Stevie Wonder. Yeah. But it doesn't compare to this moment. Because when you surrender, there's nothing better than at the altar. There isn't. I want to share a little bit about my life. Um, such an honor to be here. My brother, we've come from the same vein. And uh, is it okay if you come up, my brother? Yeah, yeah. In my culture, we do something called the breath of life. Because I need it as much as you need it. And, and the reason why I want it from you, because God told me to get it from you. And what we're going to do is called the honge. Basically, you're going to breathe life into me, and I'm going to breathe life into you. And that's the same Father that we serve. So don't kiss me. <laughs> don't headbutt me. You're perfectly safe. Trust me. <laughs> but it's going to be good. Because what I'm going to gift you is the spirit of joy, love, peace, boldness, endurance. God's love, patience, humbleness, and most of all, this, where I want the same back. Woo! Come on, church! Come on! So before I start, what did you gift me? Awesome. Awesome. I receive. I was born and raised in New Zealand. I come from a family of 11 kids. 10 boys, one girl. Yep, I'm the cutest one out of all 11. My mother is half Maori, the indigenous of New Zealand, half Samoan. But my father is purebred white boy, just like you. That's probably why God told me to pick you. Six nine, an Irishman. My real name is Simati Leon Malala Tokmata Ngarmatmanga O'Sullivan. Every time I travel, even coming to Alaska, they said, Oh, excuse me, sir, could you stand on the side there for a sec? I already knew I had my birth certificate right there in my pocket because they think I'm going to hijack the plane. Yeah. Brown boy with an O'Sullivan last name. Yeah. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. You know, we all have something to, to say about life. And my story started this way. I left school at the age of eight my father had lived two lives lives as a, a life as a father to his kids 
and a husband to my mom, and then he had lived, when the lights went out, he lived as a gangbanger in the streets of New Zealand. And as we were growing up, we knew it was something was happening because he would always take off in his motorcycle. We would always hear it. But when he came back, we would hear noise and we would crack open the door and my mother would be getting her lickings. She'd be getting beat up, you know. It was an ongoing thing that what we did was hide like any other kid would do. Hide so you can't hear anything. At the age of nine, something happened. My father took four of us kids out of the home and I didn't realize that that was the last time I get to see my mother. At the age of 11, I lost my first brother. At the age of 15, I lost my second. At the age of 19, not that I'd only lose my third brother, but I was getting ready to do a delivery of a quarter of a million dollars of cocaine to a destination down Wellington. And then I heard my father had just passed. And I asked the brother, Kersey, how did it happen? Who, who are we going to go out and take out now? He said, your dad hanged himself. And you got to remember, as a nine-year-old to 19 years old, I had been through so much. I lost my bloods, which didn't mean anything at the time because all we were living for was a patch, the king coppers. That's all we live for. I took my first stabbing at the age of 10, took my first cocaine and heroin at the age of 9, and I never stopped until I was 19. And I had a decision to make, my brother. I wanted to. When my father had died, I was free. I didn't have to follow him anymore. So I decided to steal a vehicle and drive to the farm that I grew up in. And I had a stolen gun, a Beretta, underneath the seat. Because I had a plan. Like we all have a plan to come to church. I had a plan to go see if my mother was still in that house 10 years later. I knock on the door. An old lady come out with a baseball bat. Who the hell are you? Like every other mother you can hear the sound of your own son. And I said, Mom, it's me. It's me. And I never shed a tear in 10 years. My mom said, come. We fell down. I said to my mother, I'm so sorry about what happened. You will never know. I just want to tell you I love you. And I was trying to get away. So I can put a bullet in my head. My mom said, stay, stay, son. Just stay for a couple of days. Three weeks later, I didn't realize that my mother was getting me a passport. She put me on a plane to Australia in Melbourne. They get on the other side. Her friend was on the other side. A woman come up to me. She goes, are you Simati? And I said, what the hell do you want with me? Ten years. You got to remember now, ten years. Tough cookie, you know, stubborn, just in the darkness. She said, come, son, I'm your mama's friend. I'll take care of you. Walk outside the airport doors, and there's a bus waiting for me. A woman come out. Another one come out. Then I finally realized these women are nuns. (laughs) 
not only did I spend one year, two years, but I spent three years at a nun convent getting clean, cold turkey style. <laughs> I'm not saved yet. I'm not saved yet. The first year was pretty bad. Second year took a while. But the third year, it did it, you know. I started to release that word forgiveness to my father. It just took that to open a door. And when I did, did my three years, and I said to the sister, I'm, I'm ready to go home to see my mom. And I had friends along the way, you know, come like, hey, man, let's go out to the clubs. I'm, I'm good, I'm good. If you had asked me, besides music, what my drug was, I was a fighter. That's all I did all my life was fight with these hands. And it's been 22 years. I've never picked up this fist. Only for the glory. That's it. Only for the Father. And I'm getting ready to jump on the plane the next day. And my friends say, hey, man, come. There's a crusade happening at the MCG in Melbourne. I said, no, nah, I'm good, man. I'm going to go see my mom. You know, I'm good. I said, just come, man. It'll be good. We'll be back. Bring you home at 9 o'clock. You'll be good. And I didn't realize that that crusade was Billy Graham's crusade. I met the altar. And I'm weeping. I'm just like, what's next? And then something hit me. Just give me your hand, son. It's going to be okay. Let that wall down one brick at a time. Pride, suffering, lust. Every single brick I wanted to break down, I gave it to him. I said, I'm giving you one chance, Lord. Whoever you are. Because the gang that I was with was pretty mean. And if I got to join the G.O.D. gang, it better be tough. And I never turned my back ever again. It's the reason why God made an armor for the front, not the back. Because you only go forward. If he had asked me what is more important now, besides wanting to go to the Father, it's not money. We have a lot of money. We have a lot of friends. We have a lot of relationships. But we don't have enough time. Two months ago, we get a phone call at 2 in the morning. I lost two nephews in a fire up in the mountains. As the, as the house would burn from the bottom up with barrels of oil underneath the house, the parents jumped out thinking that the boys were, were following him outside the window. The youngest was still sleeping. The 10-year-old went back to go get his brother, but he couldn't find him because of the, the smoke. And they both lost their lives at 6 and 10 years old. And I ask you today, if God wanted you to go home today, are you ready? Put your hand up if you're ready, because God can see. Put your hand up if you're ready, because I am. If we speak earth to earth, I will take a bullet for you, and I don't even know you. Why? Because I know where I'm going. Because my mission field is anything that God puts in front of me. If it's a pub, if it's a club, if it's in church, it don't matter. It's about the relationship between you and God. It's the whole reason why marriage is a little flimsy. 
because the foundation's not correct. Who am I? You're right. But I tell you what, I wouldn't miss this opportunity. It's not the reason why I'm here, but God made it an appointment for me to be here today. I am so happy to be in his, in his family. I tell you, you have no idea that we're related. Don't you want me to be a big brother to you? Come on. Yeah. You really want me in the outside there because I'm a bull terrier. I really am. I don't speak much, but I let my hands do the work. We don't have to say much. Even a hug can change a life. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm so happy to be here today. Give them a hug. Give them your wallet. I'm only kidding. The story doesn't have to be long, but I wrote a few things before I came here. And it's stuff that I follow every day. Before I came, I was on my knees and I was telling God, who am I? But use me. Speak through me. And he said, write these things down. For those who struggle through things in life, we all struggle. I always get tested every single day. We had a couple of guys come into the bar that we were playing at. They started trouble and they said, let's take it outside. Coming from where I came from, I'm happy. I'm jumping up in joy to go outside. I really am. But they say, God, take control. Before the guy even try to strike me. I hugged him. I bear hugged him. Now you can only imagine two sumo wrestlers on the floor. He's manifesting. I don't have to do anything. I just hugged him with God's love. When the cops came and said, LT, what did you do? I said, I did nothing, man. I just hugged him. It's simple. <laughs> we, tend to, we tend to turn the word around so so that it tries to fit you. It's not supposed to. You're supposed to enter into the word. If I ask you how many times do you read the word? How many times do you read the word? How many times do you read the word? Pass. Every day. Because it's your lifestyle. That's what you're supposed to do. We have to own our own happiness. And that happiness comes from the Father. It's as simple as that. Take responsibility for our happiness. We have to be. We don't have time to figure out if we want to be happy or not. Two, it's time to change your story. Enough of the old story. I've lived 42 years of my life, and only 22 years of that has been with him. And that's my new story. It's true. It's true. Just like my brother, he enjoys the journey, not only the destination that he's heading to. It's not just chasing the destination. I want to be a rock star. And then that destination is so far away, you forget about enjoying the journey towards that destination. We're heading to that destination. 
But God said, enjoy it while you go through towards me. Don't miss out on the blessings. It's like the boy with the three breads, three loaves, and the fish. The blessing didn't take place unless it was broken. When he broke it, the blessing took place. Right? I was broken. Until God blessed me, I was a changed man. Relationships. I was in Idaho last year. I work with kids, troubled kids. I go through prisons all year, all year round. I'm getting ready to go for another one in Idaho, Rexburg. And it was in a crowd, 6,000, 95% Mormon, you know. I got to watch my back because God has, a, God has ways. And he speaks through and I just say it just as it is. I said, sir, could you come up to the stage? This gentleman came up. I said, turn the lights on, please. I said, sir, when's the last time you gave flowers to your wife? It's been a while, LT. When was the last time you took her out for a date? It's been a while. When was the last time you said, I love you? It's been a while. <laughs> when was the last time you did anything? It's been a while. I said, which one's your wife? And he's looking around and he can't see her because she moved from there to the corner weeping. And I said, sir, if you had one thing to say to your wife, what would you say right now? And he stood there and he couldn't say a word. I said, what do you do for a living? He said, I'm the mayor. I said, sir, I want to challenge you. that There are so many more important things than money and church and every other thing. There is. Get our priorities correct. The father first. That's the key to open the first thing you do. And look. How many of you get up in the morning and pray before your feet hit the floor? I do. I do. I have to. Because that's the only road I want to walk is his road. Two months later, he resigned. And I got an email from him. I said, thank you for changing my life. But by the way, I have a question for you. Are you an LDS? And then I emailed back, what's an LDS? <laughs> I had no idea. But I tell you what, do you have a heart? I have a heart too. And that belongs to someone up there. You guys okay out there? Is it okay? Too heavy? If it is, good. And the fifth thing is balance. It takes balance to live the life that we live outside those doors. It takes balance. We have to balance. We have to enjoy working hard and, and enjoy play hard. We got to play hard, my brother. We have to. We have to enjoy what God has given us. And to finish up, there's one thing that I follow with. No matter where I travel around the world, I always say, like I just finished with a Dow. I was in Switzerland with a Dow and Bono, and I said, they said, oh, man, there's something about you. I said, yeah, I'm going to tell you, Jesus is the center of my life. He goes, oh, you're one of those. I'm like, yep. I am one of those, and I'm proud to be one of those. 
when God had, when I went through my sobriety three years, when I was sitting at the organ in the chapel, I started to play because there was nothing else. I had come from 10 years of brutalness. I'd been abused since I was nine. If I take off my clothes, you can see all the scars, just like Jesus did. Every time I look in the mirror, I'm like, that's what I remember. Every stripe that you see on my hands is every battle I've been through since nine years old. It reminds me where I came from. And when I pick up an instrument, I play 19 instruments professionally now. I go, I go to YouTube and I go, how do you play a guitar? How do you play a saxophone? How do I sing? I sit in my bathroom. When you're at the movies, I'm in my bathroom practicing. When you're playing basketball with your son, I'm at home spending time with my family and practicing. Gearing up for the mission that God has given me, just like these guys in, in the Philippines. We have no idea how much we have. And then God blessed me with music. And I said, Father, just use me as much as you want. Everyone put your hands out like this. And I want you just to close your eyes and say, Father, I surrender. Take me, Lord. Guide me, Father, to the place you want me to be. Turn to the person next to you. Put your hand on their shoulder. And I want you to pray for that person. You may not know who that is. or It's your wife. Just pray for them. Pray for what you feel that God is talking to you. took the broken and he multiplied it just like those loaves and the two fishes right and I challenge you it's never too late just change your story doesn't matter if you're suffering from from anger or from violence from lust Whatever you're struggling with. Because that was me too. Guilty. I'm guilty. But Father, cleanse me. I'm getting ready to go to a prison where kids are 14, 15 years old who had taken their father and mother out over something so small. And when I go in there and I say, it's going to be okay, all they do is weep as they say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, son, change your story. God can change it. Enough of that. You made a mistake. Now it's time for you to change your story. It's going to be okay. You want to take us, my brother? Let's sing this song is. Pastor, whatever you want to share to the congregation right now, if you need prayer, I want you just to come up because time is running out. This might be it.
think about it. Sing this song with me, folks. Here we go. Jesus is the center of it all. Jesus is the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always been you, Jesus. I want you to really sing it. Go deep, guys. Go deep for Jesus. Here we go. And Jesus Off one at a time, folks. Jesus is the center of my life, Lord. Jesus is the center. Father, be the center of their marriages, relationships, their friendships. specifically into evangelism, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, be a lifelong student of Billy Graham, Dr. Billy Graham. Not too long ago, Billy Graham was asked to attend a meeting in Charlotte, North Carolina. He's a North Carolinian boy, and they wanted to honor him. And so he tried to get out of it, but they pleaded with him to come as North Carolina's son. How many have ever been to North Carolina? The main highway in North Carolina that goes east and west is called the Billy Graham Expressway. Not too many states have named their main interstate after an evangelist. That speaks of his honor, his character, his integrity, his heart, and the respect that he has in this country. But as a feeble man at this banquet in his honor, he's a very humble man. When they gave him the microphone to speak, he told the true story of Thomas Edison. And he was on a train many years ago from Princeton, New Jersey. And as the man came down the train asking for people's tickets to punch their tickets, he couldn't find his ticket. 
And so the man that punched the tickets in the train waited for a few moments and he was frantic. He couldn't find his ticket. And finally the conductor said, you know what? Don't worry about it. Everybody knows who you are. I have no doubt that you bought a ticket and he passed him on by. A few moments after he punched everybody's ticket, he was walking back to the train car. He's now on his hands and knees, frantically looking for his ticket. And the man said, hey, it's, it's okay. We know who you are, and I'm sure you bought a ticket. His response was, you don't understand. I also know who I am, but I don't know where I'm going. He was frantic for his ticket because it had the destination of his next engagement, and he really didn't know where he was going. Billy Graham, after telling that story, he said, I don't know if you've noticed, he said, but I have a brand new suit on. He said, this will be the last suit that I ever buy. Before coming here to this banquet today, my children told me that I've gotten a little slovenly in old age. That was his word. I've gotten a little slovenly in my old age. He said, when I was younger, I used to be fastidious. Also his word. He said, so I bought one last suit. He said, I'm going to wear this suit twice. I'm going to wear this suit today. And then they're going to bury me in this suit. It'll be the last suit I'll ever buy. He said, I don't know when the Lord will call me home. He said, I never thought I'd live this long. My wife Ruth is already on the other side. He said, but I want you to remember Billy Graham. He said, I'm a man. I not only know who I am, but I know.